Hey there, friends. It's Nick. So a while ago, well, before I've told you that whenever I go and get a haircut, I go and I go to the secondhand bookshop, charity bookshop next door to my uh, barber's and I treat myself to books and very often they're old classics. And a while ago, I can't remember which haircut this would have been and you won't care, but I bought a copy of the Decameron by, now I'm going to butcher Giovanni Boccaccio. I don't, I'm not, I'm, forgive me, every, anyone who knows Italian. Um, there was an old penguin edition of this book, secondhand, obviously, and I, it's been on my shelf for a while. And over the weekend, I started, started reading it. Now, the Decameron is slightly like, we've talked about the Canterbury Tales before, which is a, one of the things we call a frame story, right? The Canterbury Tales is about all these pilgrims on the, on the road to, to make pilgrimage, obviously. And on the way, they tell each other stories to help pass the time. And the Decameron's a very similar kind of idea. It's set in 1348, written shortly afterwards, people think. Uh, 1348 in, in and around Florence, there was a, well, it was the black death. It was the plague and people were dying all over the place. And in this frame story, 10 young people, seven women, three men decamp with what's left of their servants to this villa outside Florence. And they sit for 10 days and they spend their time telling stories. So the overall frame, that's the overall frame story of the Decameron. Um, and there's a hundred stories inside the Decameron because each person tells a story on each day. And I'm, I'm, I'm not far into the book. I'm on about story five or six. I'm halfway through the first day, basically. And what's interesting is at the start of the book, at the start of this kind of frame story, the author tells us how hard it's going to be to get, to get to the good stuff. And it's really interesting because essentially what he's doing is he's describing the, the, the city of Florence and what happened when this plague struck and suddenly people are dying. And there's this whole sense of decorum that's lost of the way that people normally treat each other. That's lost the way that people kind of close in on themselves, which is. I mean, it's a completely different thing. They reckon a hundred thousand people died inside Florence during the plague. But, um, you know, we're just thinking about going through the world that we've been going through over the last couple of years and thinking about how the things we thought would never happen, could never happen, have come true. And they've come true without any kind of fanfare. You know, we've suddenly stopped seeing the people we love. We've stopped being social with anyone, you know, for a long time. And it's a really interesting that the author, whose name I'm not going to try and pronounce again, we'll just, we'll just call him Giovanni, um, makes this point on the very first page. I need to describe all this stuff. I need to do all this work. I need to, I need to set the scene so you understand what stuff, what comes later, the good stuff that comes later. And it just made me think, how many of us, how many of us, when we are selling ourselves or selling um, our businesses or our products or our services, how many of us are trying all the time to make things seem easy? I mean, this is of course the essence of the kind of the get rich quick crowd is if you just do this one thing, if you just well buy this one thing generally, isn't it? Follow me in doing this one thing, then 
it's easy. I'll make this process easy. And we all know that that's bollocks, but the alternative approach, and it's something that I've talked to you about before is being real, being grown up and saying, actually, if you want the good stuff on the other side, it won't be easy. And we move from a place of, of it's easy, even though that's a lie to the work will be worth it. The time will be worth it. The money will be worth it. The investment will be worth it. However, that investment comes about. And I think it's really nice that, I mean, you know, it, as it turns out, of course, Giovanni's description of, uh, Florence in 1348 or so, I think it would have been, is really fascinating all on its own, but it sets the stage for what's coming for these, these young people who are going to push out of their, of their world, out of their city and go to this villa, this beautiful villa that seems to be, I must say, it seems to be the very most, the most perfect possible place they could have arrived sort of by accident. Um, but they're going to sit around and each tell a story a day. And there's going to be a mixture of religious stories and eroticism and jokes and japes and all of this kind of stuff is going to come into this frame story because the kind of the upending of normal society of the normal rules of behavior allow the author to do all this kind of stuff. So we have to go through all the pain of the, you know, listening about, you know, what, what happened to all these poor people who died and how they died in the plague before we can get to the good stuff. Anyway, I've been rambling on for, for almost six minutes, but you get the point when we move from this idea of it's going to be easy, which it never is right. Nothing worthwhile is easy to, it will be worth it. That puts us in a powerful place because it attracts people who understand the world as it actually is and aren't just interested in magical thinking. And we all need to engage with those people, right? Because we're not the kind of people who are just selling a solution that doesn't work. Anyway, we want to tell a better story than that. I hope your story means business. Thanks for listening. If you want to know what I know, search online for story.business. Bye now.